welcome to Humans in Their Natural Habitat. Hi, Whitney. Hi, Carly. So, we're doing something a little different today. We are just talking, you and I, which is really weird. It is weird. Yeah, we don't really like to talk to each other. And we're going to talk about one of our favorite animals. What is it? Armadillos. Little armored ones. I love them. There's some big armored ones too. Oh, the giant ones. Mm -hmm. They are so cool. I mean, I really would like to meet a giant armadillo. Oh, absolutely. That would really make my life. Same. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's save up our money and take a trip down to South America. So, I've actually looked at the Giant Armadillo Project before, and they do do take volunteers. Oh Oh my god, God, we can just volunteer. Yeah. I've thought about it many a time. You and me, South America, let's make it a five-year plan. Yeah, we'll see if our boss will give us the same vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I won't be working there in five years. (gasps) Well, I'm I'm just kidding. Kidding. But yeah, yeah, no, let's let's make make it a five-year plan. If we're still doing this podcast, we can talk about it. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Good. Another goal, we should talk or interview someone that does that project. Yes. So, you know, one of my other favorite animals, not to get off topic this soon, but one of my other favorite animals is tamanduas. Yeah. Which isn't off topic because they're part of the Xenarthra. Yeah, exactly. What I was actually going to say is oh, one of the cool things the Giant Armadillo Project is they have on their trail cams have pictures of tamanduas in the giant armadillo burrows. Mm-hmm. So it's like double why I want to go down there because then I get to see a tamandua and a giant armadillo. And you've actually been lucky and worked with both armadillos and tamanduas. And giant anteaters. And giant... Oh shit, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Now, did I just you work... a sloth for the trifecta. I was about to say, did you work with the sloth? So th- what, what they all have in common is a couple things, things, right? They have no enamel on their teeth. I mean, some of them don't even have teeth. And some of them don't have teeth. And uh, their joints, because... Doesn't there, the names in Arthra, I believe, mean strange joint. I think so. Yeah. So that's really cool that you got to work with so many of that, that order. Not order. Family. They are one of my favorites, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like Xenarthra, I think maybe they're one of my favorites because a lot of people aren't super familiar with them. Like mm-hmm. Sloth is definitely the standout superstar that everyone loves out of yeah. that group. But I love me some tamanduas, i.e. lesser anteaters, and armadillos. I just love when the tamanduas like rear up in their defense mode. It's like, yeah, they will kill you. They will kill you with their cuteness. And their seriously sharp, powerful claws. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you want, want to laugh, laugh at them, at them and poke them in the belly, but don't. No, they have huge front claws and yeah. very sharp. I mean, they're arboreals. They like to climb. So, I mean, they're pretty sharp for climbing, but also for protection. Because when you don't have teeth and yeah. you can't bite, you need something. Right. Like, slash, 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 slash. But armadillos have other defenses, and it actually depends on the armadillos. There's how many species of armadillos? 22. 22. That's a lot. That is actually a lot. So of the 22, I've worked with two different species. What about yourself? Three. See, you always trump me. Always. And in my experience, they have very different personalities. So let's talk about the ones that you've worked with. Um, I've worked with dwarf hairy screaming armadillos, three banded armadillo, and nine banded armadillo. You? Just the nine banded and the three banded, but nine banded was one of the first mammals I've actually worked with and took on educational programs. 
but I've always been interested because you you have a lot of stories about the hairy screaming armadillo armadillo okay (laughs) (laughs) that was my first zoo job like my first full-time job where were we you were talking about your experience with the dwarf hairy screaming armadillo and turtle pooped in the house that's where we were okay yes so my very first zookeeper job we had two dwarf hairy screaming armadillos two brothers <laughs> they had very unique personalities and by that i mean they were little attack armadillos so they were super aggressive i don't know i feel like it was just them because I know people that have worked with dwarf hairy screaming armadillos and they weren't like this, but like, okay, if you wanted to collect them to take out on a program, all you had to do was put your foot in their enclosure and they would run out to attack your foot and then you could just pick them up. (laughs) Wow. Did they do a lot of screaming? No, honestly, the only time they screamed, it was really sad. One of them got really sick. He, The vet fixed him up and he ended up being okay, but he got really sick and he would scream when we would need to medicate him because we need to, you know, with the syringe, it was just really important that he got the medication that he needed. And it was the only time I ever heard him scream and actually it made me really sad. It broke my heart. Yeah, people do that too sometimes. Especially scream with- when you shove stuff in their mouth? Well... <laughs> That was, that's, that's a conversation, conversation for a previous episode but no they you know like with eye drops and stuff oh mm-hmm. yeah just can't do it just some people can't yeah so they were not really big screamers they they could but they were more like just territorial mm-hmm. so they didn't really need to scream but sometimes for enrichment we would give them like a whole orange or a ball or something and they would just like go nuts and just maul it in my experience most armadillos like balls to play with (laughs) so many things like balls to play with but you know what they don't have external balls no testicles now we're talking about testicles they don't have the external testicles no but they have penises yes and i wanted to talk about that but of course you did (laughs) let's wait because like there's some really fun evolutionary facts and you know like my jam is the prehistoric shit but you want to take care of the balls before the penis i think most guys do but again we're getting off topic so yeah they do like the enrichment toys like that most armadillos (laughs) i think enjoy that and uh like our little girl our little three-banded buddy should we talk about the three-banded armadillo right now the most perfect little angel on earth she is she is definitely a perfect little angel and you know three-banded in general are just really cool armadillos they're the only ones that can actually roll Mm-hmm. up into a ball like butt to face yep. lock it in like a puzzle but i think we have to mention the fact that there's two different species of three-banded right one's a lazarus species yes there's Wait. the southern and the brazilian right so they thought it was extinct and in like the late 80s or 90s it was, was found again which is always so exciting in the biology world when we find a species that we thought was extinct and that's what a lazarus species is okay, something that we thought, thought was extinct, extinct. And we were wrong, luckily, and we were able to bring it back. Yeah, like black-footed ferrets. Absolutely. But they look not black-footed ferrets. The 
Southern and the Brazilian three-banded armadillos look almost exactly the same, they, right? I, I think, think they, they do. I think the distinctive characteristic, and I could be completely wrong here, is I think the Brazilian's a little darker. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just know they have, like, their little head is shaped like a little triangle, mm-hmm. and their little tail is a triangle, and then when they curl up, they fit together like two perfect little puzzle pieces. I don't know if you've ever seen the skeleton of one, if you haven't, look it up, because it is amazing because they usually have it um you know like with chris as the biofacts they usually have it propped in a ball mm-hmm. and it's just amazing how they can do that it's so cool but what, what i really like to talk about with them is i've never, never met a hornier animal in my life oh my god <laughs> i mean she was ridiculous and you know unlike the nine bandit the three bandit armadillos mating season year round like up grabs anytime ready for it anytime I mean, this three-pinned armadillo was like little sorority girl getting out there single night with a little short skirt, you know, doing the woohoo girl thing. Like, I am ready. Come see me, guys. Stick your little booty in the air. That's exactly what she did. She got horny. She stuck. She presented her butt. Yep. And not to another armadillo who didn't have one. It could be anything. It could be a ball, a Kong. I have it. A human. A human. I have one. She is presenting her butt to her water dish. That is how ready and thirsty this little armadillo is. She is thirsty, so she's going for the water dish. <laughs> yeah, she's thirsty, but in a different way. Like, check out my rump. I mean, she had a cute rump. She did. She still does. We just don't work with her anymore. Right. She does have a cute rump. And they have adorable little babies. Oh my god. Well, okay. So anything that has just like the miniature version of themselves as a baby, super cute. So baby armadillos look exactly like full-grown armadillos, but like they shrunk. Yeah, like the size of a golf ball. So cute. And oh my god, they're little tippy-tappies. Like they have little hooves on the back and the little nails on the front. And that is a purpose because they are amazing little diggers. They are. Yeah. Because burrow life is the life for an armadillo. Yeah. I mean, they need to burrow because their body temperatures, and I'm not sure it's all armadillos, but I know with the nine banded, it's like in the 90s, like 93 degrees, 97. I'm fairly sure it's like most Zen Arthur in general have a lower, like their basal body temperature is lower than a lot of other animals, which is why they pretty much only live around the equator where it's a pretty constant temperature year round. They're all pretty bad at controlling their body temperature from am, my understanding i am too maybe i'm in are you a sloth no because no, i'm more like, like quick i would think are you yeah i used to be a runner oh i thought you meant like quick-witted no i'm not quick-witted <laughs> no that's obvious but no like i'm more like energized maybe it's like because of my anxiety yeah but, but i'm, I'm more, more like, like i think an armadillo yeah i mean if we're talking about the weird little glitches Oh, I have some glitches. Glitch in the Matrix? A glitch. So the Nine Bandit is the first one I've, I had the privilege to work with. And we would use them in education. And I know when I got to the zoo that you and I both worked at, it was a whole different way mm-hmm. of working with them, which was bizarre to me. Because the first zoo I worked at, you know, we held them, we took them around, we had people pet them. They were in a petting zone. People could feed them and then when I started working with you that was like a do not touch danger animal and I was so confused yeah I mean that was the first place I ever worked with the nine banded but the dwarf Harry screaming like 
anyone that was trained was able to handle them. They were presented in hand or they were presented in, you know, like a playpen yeah. so they could run around. People weren't allowed to touch the, these two unless they were being held. That's really because of my aforementioned territoriality issues that they had. It was more like we just didn't want a kid sticking their hand in the playpen and getting bitten, but that was more of a personality thing, not like an armadillos are dangerous thing. Right, they're not. I mean, I think the biggest issue that they had was they were worried that the nine bandit would jump because yeah, they can jump, jump straight up, up in the air about three or four feet. Right. But, I mean, still, I just... Thought it was a unique way they went about working with a nine banded armadillo since I had such a different experience with them before. Maybe it was a training thing. I don't know. But nine bandits are really fun to work with, and they actually are very trainable. Mm-hmm. And you had some experience. We actually trained the same armadillo. We did our little three banded buddy. Do three banded. Yeah. So I think. I really wanted to work with the nine-banded armadillo. Mm-hmm. I really did. And that was above my set of skills, if you will. <laughs> it wasn't, but that's just, you know, she was like, it was you above mentioned. Your mind. Yeah. Right. Was, that was kind of like a hands-off yeah. situation. It was like headkeeper only kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked if I could work with a three-banded instead and try to train a behavior with her to kind of like prove myself, if you will. Mm-hmm. And ended up doing some target training with her, which was so cute. She had a hot pink golf ball on a stick as her target. And, I mean, they're super, like, food-motivated little critters for some worms. And because she was an education animal, like, she was really sweet and would take food out of your hand. And, I mean, what, took, like, a day or two? Because then I passed it off to you for it to be a complete behavior. Someone else should be able to replicate the behavior. So once I finished, I asked you if you would be my person I could pass the behavior off to. And I, it was fast. And it's great, yeah. Yeah, and then you took over and trained another behavior with her. Yeah, I trained a crate training behavior, which was easy to do because you're already target trained her, and that's how I initially got her in. And then we were working on an A to B uh, which, which means, means she goes from one point to mm-hmm. another point. And the biggest uh, complication, I think, training armadillos is keeping them focused. Yeah, so I feel like I had wanted to do an A to B with her right before I... So I left the facility for a job closer to home before you did, like six months before you did. Yeah. And I feel like I had been throwing the idea around of doing like an A to B on stage with her, but was really just trying to figure out like what type of station to use and had talked about, well, maybe we should do like scent marker Mm -hmm. because they have such good little noses or, you know, their eyesight's really bad. So it's like, should we have a really big, like flat colored rock? It was... Yeah, it was just hard figuring out what to do that would best align with, like, the natural behavior and the senses that they have that are stronger. What did you end up doing? I wish I could remember. We started with the target. Mm -hmm. And then I think we did, like, the same one that the Nine Bandit did. We had a cutout with a little kind of cup area for (laughs) wax worms. But... She could only go a small distance A to B before she (laughs) veered off and started going somewhere else. Because, yeah, she was not good at the focus. Yeah. But she still still went a little bit of a ways. And 
I don't know where she's at now, but hopefully they're using her for some fun things because she, they're very smart animals. Yeah, and like we said, super food motivated. Mm-hmm. I mean, the easiest animals to train are ones that are motivated in some way, and that might be food. It might be, you know, like scratches sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes this is so off topic, but I remember with like a raptor, we were training. The reward was me leaving at the end. <laughs> so, you know, just figure out what motivates them and go with it. I figured that would be the way we would train you. Your motivation would be, we will leave you alone with my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some coffee. I'm going to go now. Me would be like, hey, chocolate. I'm like, yes. That's true. Yeah. Uh, now, when it came to, so the three banded and the nine banded, there's really not bite risk. No, to them. But it sounds like the dwarf, there was possibly some chomp chomps. I mean, they don't, I don't think they ever bit a person that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. It was more like with the shoe thing. I mentioned they would come kind of after your shoe. Mm -hmm. They would get on top of your foot and a lot of like scratching. I don't know if I can... They would bite themselves oh. was the problem. Right. Okay. They would bite their own tail. Yeah, because they were just getting so defensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you would hold them, you, you just had to be really careful because we didn't want them to hurt themselves. Right, they get too worked up. Mm-hmm. Got it. So speaking of shoes, now the nine banded, I experienced something completely different because the armadillos that I worked with originally, when the male did get kind of into season, and they only mate once a year but when they did kind of get into that like lovey-dovey season they loved a good boot a A good good, smelly boot he would climb on your work boot and just go to town armadillos are pretty horny yeah they're just they just go for it maybe it's that bad vision thing (laughs) just close enough they really do love smells though Oh yeah. I mean, that's one of their favorite things. Like you got a good smell. They're digging in your boots. They are checking out your pants. Mm-hmm. They love it when you work, work with them and last because, because you, you smell, smell great. Yeah. Snoot down the sock. Oh yeah. Snoot down the sock. Yeah. The one we work with now almost took my sock completely off. Yeah. And the one we work with now, we're trying to figure out when you're on a particular area, mm-hmm. he's much more invested in smelling you than other people. Yeah. You're like, I wonder which animal it is on that area that he is digging the smell of so much turtle my dog is like that too though because she could care couldn't care less like especially now with most areas that i'm on if i smell like a possum or an armadillo she is very invested in that smell and she always has been she loved when i when i was in florida and worked with those two animals like she just would really be in my face do you think it's because there's possums and armadillo like out and about in florida i probably because yeah she just really loved like when maybe I there was a chance them. she would get to see one. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, course, you know, when I worked, I worked with them, them, it was very hands-on. So I was snuggling with them, them especially the possum, majority of the day. So my shirt was just covered in oh, possum smell and it was wonderful and I loved it. But armadillos do have, like, I can walk into a room and be like, there's an armadillo in here. Yeah, they do have a smell, but I don't think they stink. I don't either. I just, they have a stink smell. Just some animals do. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a nasty smell. It's just like, that's armadillo. Yeah, they do. I guess, like you mentioned, we just got a nine-banded where Mm -hmm. we're working now. And yeah, you're like, ooh, that's armadillo. Because if, I figure you could do it too. Blindfold, let's try this again. 
blindfolded, I could walk into a room and know, like, that's armadillo, mm-hmm. that's grasshopper mouse, and be able to tell you 100%. Yeah. Um, I would also say maybe it's a Zen Arthur thing. Timidoas also have a really, really distinct smell. Yeah. They smell like weed. Porcupine. What? Yeah. So, Timanduas <laughs> smell like pot. Like, to the point where someone that was coming to do some work on the enclosures from a different department is city zoo so somebody you know from the city came to work on something and literally was like oh you've been having a good time over here huh and i was like no that's the animals i'm not doing drugs at work right that's amazing yeah yeah i know like bintharongs they smell like popcorn Mm -hmm. which would make me hungry every day if i worked with one i think because i really love popcorn yeah the tomatoes did not make me want to go guy (laughs) (laughs) then i got high no then i got got, no but i mean porcupines also have that distinct smell so maybe that should be a game we play for zookeeper week yeah we just have like different rooms and we blindfold each other and we have to tell what animal is in that room that would be kind of fun actually i think it would i think we'd nail it if it was those guys, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if it, or just in general, anything that eats fish. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 No, there's, there's some that would, I couldn't be like, oh, well, that was a kangaroo rat, because I don't really have that, like, distinct smell. Yeah. No, I heard from you guys that he had a super distinct smell the other day at lunch. Were you oh, there the that day? Yeah. Well, see, we would transport the nine-banded armadillo I worked with in Florida to programs, mm-hmm. so... Anytime he got in a van, he would shit. And so we always had to rely on the school to have a hose to hose it out. The male that we worked with was really nice because we would put a towel in there and he'd poop in the towel and roll it out. Oh, that's considerate. And so he wasn't as messy. The female, though, would just shit all over the place. And she would be covered in shit. So then you would be covered in shit and you always would bring extra towels. So they weren't the best to take on offsite programs. But they were just so cool, and the kids yeah. just really loved them, and they're such a great teaching point, especially because I loved um, teaching about Florida fossils, and we would talk about the armadillo a lot. I feel like we mentioned this a couple episodes again, ago, and again, now again, before ago, that you love your mega fauna of the Pleistocene epic. Was that right? Uh, that's correct. The the OG prehistoric armadillos and their relatives, the glyptodons. Which is tattooed on your arm. The glyptodon is tattooed on my arm. And what's really amazing, like, armadillo evolution is really fascinating to me. And at one point they thought the glyptodon wasn't that close of a relative, but now they're saying it really is. Well, why would you, I mean, I know that that's not the only indicator, but if you look at them, they right. look like an armadillo. Yeah, and they also don't have the enamel on their teeth and yeah, yeah they, they have, have that big armored shell they don't have the segment segments to keep it flexible but mm-hmm. they do they have that giant shell size of a rhino there are a lot of similarities they're flatter faced and they the size of a rhino they were about the size of a rhino yeah are rhinos and volkswagen bugs the same size maybe i feel like that's what i've heard they're the yeah, size of a volkswagen they say that bug it depends on where you look some say size of a volkswagen bug some say size of a rhino i they were big let's just bring it there I mean, it's not like volkswagen bugs are small why do yeah. i think a rhino is bigger than a car <laughs> no. let's uh, get into this rhino well actually that jim carrey oh yeah he came out of the rhino yeah right well he was birthed from the rhino yeah he was birthed 
know, his baby rhino. Yeah. But, yeah, so bringing it back, um, they lived to dawn. They thought it was, an, you know, a close relative, but now they think the glyptodon is closer to the hairy group and the giant armadillo group mm. than mm-hmm. they are to the, you know, the, the long-nosed group, which is the banded armadillos. I could see that. I mean, I again, I know that that's not the only indicator, but to me, like, giant armadillos look super prehistoric. They do. And... You know, they, they ate different things from armadillos now. They're not insectivores. They ate, you know, marshes and grasses and vegetation, <laughs> which is one big difference. But looking at the evolution of all of them, you know, there was actually an armadillo that had, like, canine teeth in a way, like sharp teeth, and ate meat. Okay, so this is not a Xenarthra chat, but I know, like, we say they're insectivores, mm-hmm. but tamanduas eat produce. Yeah. They eat, like, soft produce. Mm-hmm. They eat avocados. Yeah. They do not put it past them to kill a mouse, rip it open, and lick out its innards. Right. Um, armadillos, same thing. Yeah. Oh, one of the dwarf hairy screamings. He was sleeping, and he crushed a mouse to death in his sleep. Oh, no. And when I was cleaning the next day, there was just a little dead mouse in oh, my his God. bed. Well, you know, you're right. They are opportunistic. I think when we say this is animals or herbivore, this animal is an insectivore, we're talking about the majority mm-hmm. of what they eat. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's, there's that. that. But the glyptodon was also really cool. Evolutionary speaking, bringing it back to when we were talking about the closest relative, you will never guess which armadillo, which of the 22 species it is the closest to. Okay, because you're saying it like, like it's going to be a yeah. surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess pink fairy. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. So the smallest armadillo species, the pink fairy, the size of a chipmunk. They're so cute. It's related to the glyptodon, the size of a Volkswagen. Do pink fairy armadillos have the segments? Are they bendy? No, I've never worked with them, but I'm thinking a picture in my head. I don't know. I don't think so they don't look bendy they don't look bendy they're tiny they're pink they look like a little mole with a little like bony scoot toupee they're so cute they're so they look like fluffy yes what's really a bummer about them though is because there's so many cute you know youtube videos and a social media presence more of them are being taken from the wild and used in the pet trade armadillos are not good pets i think you know, just based on what we've already talked about, right. their, their lifestyle, lifestyle like you have to feed them insects. That is what they need to eat if you're not feeding them the proper diet. And mm-hmm. it can't just be any insects. Like they need to have certain types so that they're getting the right amount of protein. This is armadillos are not the same way. I know. I'm sorry. I keep talking about tamanduas and anteaters, you just can't help but it. like they don't produce taurine. Right. So you have to supplement their diet with taurine or they'll go blind just like a cat will. Right. Armadillos, they're poop is really stinky you know they don't really have teeth of any significance so they don't chew the food to go in so it already has to be soft and tiny and mushy so you can only imagine what it looks like coming out yeah and they're burrowers you know they need you know a certain range they need to be able to dig they need to be able to have that kind of behaviors and they I think they say that usually the pink fair armadillo dies in eight days and they're nocturnal, right? Like most Absolutely. armadillos are nocturnal, mm-hmm. so they're gonna keep you up all night. Yeah. I mean, I know our guy now. That's a nine banded. He likes to party hard overnight. So hard overnight. And the next morning, you're like, oh, oh, what God. have you done? Yeah. No, he can destroy a room for yeah. sure. 
but yeah, I mean, people, they look at these cute videos of these cute animals and they're like, I need one. And then of course you get sick of it really fast because you don't realize the behaviors and how much work it takes and how much money it takes to have these. So like we said in our previous podcast, start with a rat or something, Madagascar hissing cockroach, a domestic animal would be great. But, but yeah, yeah don't, don't just see like the, the loris was it the, the slow loris? The loris that one also blew up and people kept getting them and yeah they're, yeah, they're venomous yeah they're not uh, it's not a good idea no and i would also say with animals like this like if they do get sick i mean you're not gonna be able to find a vet in your area that knows how to take care of an armadillo that's a very specialized thing so even if you want to get it the proper veterinary treatment it'd be really hard to find someone that knows how to do that yeah absolutely especially because like we said they have slow metabolisms and they also have very low temperatures Mm -hmm. and that's that's just not something that you know your dog and cat vet is accustomed to and then type of diseases that Mm -hmm. they carry that don't affect them you know you might get really concerned if you looked at blood work they might have some really weird values you have nothing to compare to baseline wise i know that's a problem our vet has a lot with not just armadillos but all of our animals Mm -hmm. is like okay well this value is high but like that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them that just means it's high compared to a dog or a cat that doesn't mean it's compared to all kit foxes Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. But, you know, you brought up diseases, so let's chat about that. Because, you want to talk about leprosy? Well, not only leprosy, but I believe, I don't know if it's just the nine bandit or if it's all armadillos because they are very different from each other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they are vectors for the, is it chagas? Chagas? Chagas. Chagas disease also. It doesn't affect them. And leprosy. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a big thing. The thing with leprosy is... Yes, they technically can carry it because mm-hmm. of that low body temperature. Mm-hmm. Technically, if you bite into an armadillo. A raw armadillo. A raw armadillo. Yeah. And chew that bad boy up, which I don't recommend. Or yeah. lick one. Yeah, don't lick an armadillo's open wound. How about, let's, if you see a wild animal, don't freaking touch it. Right. It's a really easy way not, not to get a disease. disease. But, but the thing, thing is, is, yes, they, they could carry it. it. Yes. It is, it is, it is something that's, that's around. around. However, do you know humans actually are the ones that gave it to the armadillo in the first place? Do I want to know how? I don't really know how, but it was like 15 century explorers, they believe, are the ones that gave it to the armadillo. So, and like I said, I don't know if it's nine-banded or if it's like all of them. Well, that makes sense, right? Because leprosy wasn't something that was found in the Americas. That was a really big issue, like in Europe. It was. And there are not like armadillos in Europe. Yeah, like the cat. Did you see Braveheart? I saw the butts at the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there's a, a, I think one of the characters in Braveheart had leprosy, and yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not something you, you would want to get, but yeah. No, but that totally makes sense, because there are no arm. it's too cold there, they would die. Absolutely, and you know, it's weird, because you say that, but nine-banded armadillos are, are making their way um, up north. Yes, thank you, global warming. Yeah, they're just, they're just expanding their migration, and the funny thing is, they're the only ones here in North America. Mm-hmm. Do you know how they got here? I don't know, in somebody's car? Well, they do, I mean, they do think that they they spread spread to Florida by, like, pet trade or whatever, but they came over from the Rio Grande. Like, they Oh, they swam it? They swam. So, armadillos can either swim by taking in some air and kind of floating, but they also can just walk walk across across the bottom of a body of water because they could hold their breath for, like, six minutes. I think something like that. Yeah, so don't tell Trump that they came over that way. He might send it back. Oh, wait, he has no power anymore. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. 
But anyway, <laughs> that got political. But yeah, they're they're just kind of expanding their territory, which is really cool. Yeah, and they are the only ones that are able to come this far north. And I think it's again like a body temperature regulation situation. Yeah. Now, when you have a low body temperature, mm-hmm. and you have a low metabolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need a certain defense, and their biggest defense is their armor. Mm-hmm. And what they found is not a lot of mammals have, have armor. armor. Right. Because it's a rare gene mutation to get that armor is what they're believing. But also, more uh, animals, especially mammals, develop other things like speed or agility. Mm-hmm. because they're Modified hairs. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so kind of slow and that low metabolism, low body temperature, like cold-blooded reptiles, mm-hmm. they think that's why they develop that armor, um, evolve that armor to kind of help them out against predators. Now, armor is great for that. But there is something really cool. So convergent evolution, when two different species develop the same thing uh, unrelated to I know what we're going to talk about. Go ahead. Yeah, this is really cool. I find this fascinating. So when you have a shell, it is extremely difficult to mate. Yes. Yes. So From what I hear. Yeah, from what I don't know. But armadillos and tortoises, they don't have a hard time. They both evolved large penises long penises yeah long penises to kind of counteract that shell so especially the three-banded the three-banded armadillo's male the male one's penis Mm -hmm. two-thirds of its body i mean i've seen dwarf hairy armadillo penis (laughs) good for you well because sometimes they like sleep on their little backs and you like (laughs) wake them up in the morning no it was long oh yeah like it went up to the little chest yeah the nine bandits too Mm -hmm. like i saw one sleeping on his back and it was just flopped over and Mm -hmm. it's like how impressive good for you good for you but yeah they they so both of them evolved this separately Mm -hmm. which is really cool and furthermore susan what's what's really really awesome awesome is now now they're thinking stegosaurus also had a large dick being able to mate because they also had that kind of armored plating so yeah just it's, it's fascinating, fascinating that we can look at this and kind of figure out these prehistoric animals and how they also had relations, large members <laughs> in order to mate. But yeah, that's how they were able to mate because Mazeltov. I mean, if we want to talk about armadillo mating, Always. I feel like we need to talk about nine-banded armadillo bebis. Yes! Oh my god! Another precious miniature version of the adult. Yes. But what's the coolest part? So they have four identical pups they always have quadruplets identical quadruplets always because what is it polyembryony poly it's one egg and it splits into four it's one egg splits into four always identical so always always and i actually got to see this in the wild oh really yes so at the zoo in Florida I worked with, there was a wild one that mm-hmm. had four babies. And I got to see them every day. Oh and there was four. And they looked alike. And I'm sure they were all male, all female. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was really neat. Another cool thing about their meeting. We had an armadillo at the zoo in Florida. And after a year of having her, 
she had her babies. Mm-hmm. She was not with a male. Mm-hmm. Delayed, Delayed implantation. implantation. <laughs> How cool is that? You know what? I don't want to be pregnant right now. I want to have a baby. I'm going to hold off on this until the weather gets better, until the food gets I mean, warm. it's really smart because yeah. if you are living in an area where maybe there's a drought that year and there's not a lot of food and then you have babies and they all die. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, have four mouths to feed. You're not a three-banded with one pup to right. feed. You have four. So, yeah, you're going to wait till the situation's kosher, like when she came to the zoo. And I don't know what the, you, you know, know, she came from another zoo and they didn't know. know or, but, but either, either way, way she's, she's like, like, I'm waiting. Oh, wait, this place is good. Free food every day. That make you guys feel better Thanks. about yourselves. That she's like, this place is way better than the last place you know, I lived. The one thing I can say about the zoo I worked with in Florida is they were great when it came to having babies. And mm-hmm. an animal's not going to mate and have babies unless they are comfortable mm-hmm. and getting everything they needed. Mm-hmm. We had jaguar cubs every year oh yeah so they always did a good job with that and that just kind of contested like the animals being you mm-hmm. know not i don't want to say happy but well the they're getting all their needs right. right so they're able to do what they need to do for their natural mating mm-hmm. instincts would you say like instincts yeah. behavior hey carly yeah remember when we talked about how Every time we fix one issue we have, another one pops up. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, crazy. It's like foreshadowing. Yeah, so we just had some technical difficulties. We fixed them. And we're back to finish the armadillo episode. We are. We're almost done. Yeah, so let's get back to it. Yes, let's. I think you were talking about how some people view them as pests. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. So I think we ended on how cute jaguar cubs are. <laughs> well, they are really cute, yeah. And then taking it straight back to how cute armadillos are yeah. and how it's so hard to understand why people consider them pests in areas like Texas and the South because they're not super destructive. Like, they're eating insects. A lot of mm-hmm. us don't like having an overabundance of insects. Yeah, I just think a lot of gardeners don't like them bringing up their tulip bulbs and such because they will dig into a garden and, you know, gardeners. They shouldn't have such delicious worms. And I would dig it up too and steal your tomatoes. Watch out. Ew, you can steal my tomatoes anytime. Oh, that's right. You don't like (laughs) tomatoes. How about some turnips? Radishes? Mm, Radishes. True. I would eat those. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know why people wouldn't just love them instantly because they're adorable. Once you eat them. Yeah, yeah. you eat an armadillo, you'll fall in love with one. I guarantee it. And they were actually really important during the Great Depression. Because people would eat them? Yeah, but yeah, they called them Hoover's Hoover's Hog or Poor Poor Man's Pork. pork. Yeah, got got them through some hard times, but we don't need to do that now, so please don't go out and eat an armadillo. Yeah, taking it back to the leprosy thing. Yeah. If you eat an armadillo, there is the risk when you're handling a dead armadillo, Mm -hmm. there's a risk of potentially catching a disease or something that, you know, doesn't hurt them, but could make you very sick. Yeah, there's other things to eat, and if you listen to the podcast and we talk to Tony, our entomologist friend, uh, eat bugs. Well, they haven't listened to it because it doesn't come out yet. That's the next one. Sorry, I thought this was coming out after. My bad. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Eat insects and we're going to talk to an entomologist. (laughs) Surprise. It actually is pretty great, right? Going straight from 
insectivores to their preferred food. Absolutely. If, if it's, it's good, good enough, enough for an armadillo, armadillo it's, it's good, good enough, enough for you and me. Okay, I'm not going to eat insects. I'm like, mm, mm. I did watch a little guy eat his own poop yesterday. I just, I don't think I've ever seen another armadillo I've worked with do that, though. Okay, so I was, like, inspecting what was happening as mm-hmm. it was happening, and I think he was eating the corn that was in his poop. I don't mm. think he was eating his poop. Right, he probably was digging. Schnackums. That was the, you know, it didn't digest the first time. Let's try again. That, that actually is a thing that a lot of animals do. And, yeah, I don't think... I fed out corn uh, with the last armadillo I worked with. Yeah, so I think he just was, you know, there was corn there. Yeah, we stick with some other goodies like bananas and things that will digest. Yeah. Oops. Oh, well. What's really great, I love doing enrichment for armadillos. Mm-hmm. And what enrichment is, is anything that we can kind of give them that helps, helps them, them induce that, that natural behavior. behavior. And they have some fun things that they love. And we talked about scent. Yes, they love smells, perfume, stinky people, stinky feet. <laughs> yes. And another thing they see really like is paper, things that they can ball up. Mm-hmm. They love to make little nests. They do love a good blanket. You yes. put his blanket anywhere in the room, it will go back into his hut. The same with the paper a lot of the time, though. Mm-hmm. They pull all the paper. Because yep. I remember Little Miss Three Banded would also you give her a pile of shredded paper, and she'd just work it and drag it backwards into her little igloo. Yeah, yeah it's something they all kind of had in common, common mm-hmm. their obsession with smell and paper. And digging. And digging. Love Anything. a good dirt box. Good dirt box. And puzzle feeders are actually really fun for them. Yeah. They get their snoots and their long tongues in there. Yeah, that's very much mimicking a natural behavior because they would potentially be going into like termite mounds, yeah. ant mounds, things like that. They have to maneuver that agile tongue around to find the insects. Yes. You know what, Whitney? I am just so excited to be able to work with an armadillo again. I'm seriously giddy about it. I thought you were going to say you were so excited to work with me because we both love armadillos. Oh, yeah, that too. No. <laughs> A little bit. Oh, I'm more excited about the armadillo. That's fair. Me too. You know, I was pumped when we heard we were getting one. Yes. You know, I'm pushing. Let's get a tomando too. Yeah, tomando would be great. Let's get all of those in our thread. No. Sloth. Bring back the glyphed. Oh, wait, don't. We've already watched Jurassic Park. We've already talked about it. It's fine as a tattoo. But it'd be different because you said they're herbivores. <laughs> they are. That's danger. Yeah, they were hunted to extinction, most likely. They use their armor for, like, huts. Oh. Yeah. So. Water repellent. Yeah. I mean, there were these big armored mm-hmm. beasts so that really worked against a lot of predators in that time. Yeah. Because, because the terror birds could not take down a glyptodon. In fact... I think they found a glyptodon skeleton in the water and it had two puncture holes in the mm-hmm. skull. Oh, is this a... Yeah, I, I tell this story too much, I know. And, and they're trying, trying to figure out what could have gotten through because glyptodon armor was not like the armadillos today. It wasn't thin. It was three inches thick. Like, it was Jesus. impressive. So not a lot could just bite into the armor and Bigger kill it. Bigger than your average size armor. Bigger than your average size armor. So... They quickly ruled out, you know, the canines, the bears, and they're like, it has to be some kind of cat. Then they kind of looked at the behaviors of what cats attacked what and how they took it down. Like a lion is known to take things down from the hind end or grab it by the muzzle and pull it down and suffocate it. And, you know, the saber-toothed cats, they would break those teeth on armor. So they couldn't take one down because the way they attacked prey was they sliced the belly and let it bleed out and die, and then they'd go feast with their, their cheek molars. So they nerd it down. 
and they figured it out. Do you know what it was? I do, but only because you've told me, I so know, I won't ruin I it. The jaguar. He who kills in one leap. So the jaguar was able to get through that skull armor and, and go, go right, right through the, the skull, skull and, and kill, kill it. it. And that's, that's how jaguars hunt today. They go right for the skull and they just right in your brain. That's why I am so deeply, deeply terrified <laughs> of ever coming into contact with a jaguar that there's, there's not a fence between me and it. Yeah, they are lethal little kitties. Yeah, I mean, the first place I worked at, we had multiple species of big cats, and jags are one of the smallest of the big cats, mm-hmm. and it was a unanimous yeah. decision by all the keepers working there that those jaguars were the most dangerous animal that we had. Yeah. Except maybe the elephants, because the squish factor. <gasps> yeah, yeah chimp. We didn't have those. Oh, good. We didn't have any large primates, so then I feel like okay. it would have been a run for your money. Yeah. But out of what we had in our collection, mm-hmm. we agreed that, like, lions, I mean, it's not like, it would be great if the lions were running yeah. loose. Lions, tigers, bears, But the jaguars were the number one, like, we would, they would be the thing we want to have to find outside of their designated area the least yeah and they're, they're just, just so agile and precise and their jaw power is incredible i mean they're getting through an armor of the glyptodon and its skull to kill it mm-hmm. i unbelievable so the only other predator really that the glyptodon have was humans because you could get a spear in that belly and you could feast for a long time so yeah I think we might be talking to someone that knows a lot about jaguars up soon, right? Hopefully. Yay. If we can pin her down. Yeah. <laughs> She's a hot pin commodity. Pin her down like a jaguar pins down a glyptodon. I think that's where we should end. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yay, armadillos. Yay. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.